It was a beautiful morning, despite the grumble of traffic and the raucous discord of car horns. A small family of ducks quacked in reply as they wandered in single file along the river's edge. By the time Akana had washed, shaved and dressed, there was still no sign of Sindbad. He reached for his new acquisition and was about to press the button to make his first call when he heard the strangled squeak of the Datsun's horn from up on the road. He waved to Aziza as he walked up the path under the big eucalyptus tree. When he reached the road, he found an apologetic Sindbad. Malisha Basha! She was tired this morning. Sindbad had his own way of explaining the car's mechanical problems. Maybe we really should consider Ali's offer of assistance seriously. It was only a suggestion. Sindbad grunted. My brother-in-law knows all about cars. He's the one who usually repairs it, isn't he? Oh, he's a real expert. Makana fixed him with a look that made Sindbad crunch his eyes tightly shut. Really? He can fix anything. Except he never does. Not really. Think of it like going to the doctor. The doctor? If you went to a doctor and he gave you some bad news, you would ask for a second opinion, right? I mean, you would perhaps consult another expert before preparing for your funeral. Sinbad muttered a soft invocation to Allah under his breath before turning the key. He beamed with delight as it came to life. Happily, he struggled with the gear stick, which stubbornly refused to go where it was told. At last, he accepted the inevitable. Yes, a second opinion. Then, as if by divine intervention, the gear stick slid smoothly into place. On the way into town, Makana tried out his new telephone. He called two people. First, a contact in a real estate agency in Mardi. He asked him to inquire whether anyone by the name of Kadim al-Samari had bought or rented any property in the last few months. He didn't think there was much chance of this yielding worthy results, but it was worth a try. Then he called Fatih on the immigration desk at the international airport, who had access to the entry visas processed at the airport. How far do you want me to go back? Fatih asked, his tone already implying futility. Start with the American invasion of Iraq and work your way up to the present. Have you any idea how many entries that is? I know how fast you work when you have the right amount of motivation, said Makana. The flow of traffic slowed to a halt as they approached Midan Tahrir, the sun glinting off the cars like molten iron that locked solid in a matter of minutes. Makana climbed out of the Datsun as the horns began their unorchestrated keening and set off on foot. Skirting the side of the fenced-off area in front of the Nile Hilton, he found himself forced to walk in the road by the uneven pavement and the sheer weight of numbers. In the mid-nineteenth century, this was the site of the Khadiv's army barracks. The hotel was constructed in the fifties, ushering in a new era of modernity with the promise of American luxury available right there on your doorstep. The gardens in front of the hotel, once popular for family gatherings, had since been fenced off, 
nobody really knew what for, which led most people to the obvious conclusion, which was that large spaces were unpopular with a government concerned about crowd control. It took him ten minutes to reach Bab al-Luk and the building on Midan al-Falaki. The entrance was on a corner, and although the elegant staircase had seen better days, it was kept neat and clean. On the third floor, the door, as always, stood open. Makana wandered in through an unmanned reception area into the main office, which was illuminated by windows made grimy by the traffic. The space was divided.